0: What's up, y'all? This is Zach. with Living corporate. Um, I'm coming in here to say thank y'all. Um, it's really two ways. I I come in and I thank the listeners, but the reason why um, we've been able to even create all of the content that y'all hear because I talk to folks and like, thank you can create, you dropping three episodes a week. It's like you're yeah, dropping three episodes every single week. Um, but the reason we were able to do that is because we have a team, a team of people that come in um, and contribute their time and their energy. Um, really, you know, I, I don't really work with quote unquote, uh, the folks, uh, that, um, that contribute to living corporate, they just submit the content to me and, um, and then I distribute it, right. I publish it. Like, so living corporates flagship show is really like almost like a distributor, um, of different series and content, right? Like we have our content on Tuesdays. We have, um, we have Tristan's tips and we have, the link up with Letitia and Amy C. Wanager alternating on Saturdays. And it's been incredible. Like I've been very thankful because we've been able to create such consistently insightful content. And I know it's insightful, not just based on my own understanding of what I'm listening to, but from the feedback that y'all all have provided. And so I'm just really thankful uh, for this team. And you know, it's with that I'm that I'm sharing and I'm it's bittersweet, um, but I'm excited for her. This is the last episode of the link up with Letitia. So, Make sure that y'all check out uh, Letitia Bird. We're going to have all of this stuff in the show notes, uh, especially career chasers. So make sure you check out all the information in the show notes. Subscribe to career chasers. Um, Letitia Bird, if you are out there and you're a black woman, black and brown woman, you're looking to really elevate, continue to uh, manifest, uh, mature your career. I was gonna never in words. Um, then Letitia Bird is the person you need to engage. Right. She is the name. So make sure y'all check her out. Uh, Until next time, peace
1: Thank you all for joining I had a few thoughts So I'll go ahead and start Um, One, I think that there is a war That we are fighting I mean, we're fighting a lot right now We're fighting COVID (laughs) Because people still out here Cashing the corona You know, we're dealing with police brutality Of course, that's been around And um, we're dealing with racism and we're dealing with oppression. This isn't anything new to us at all. Um, I think it's interesting how many people are acting so surprised or distraught or shocked at how our people um, are being treated. Um, But this isn't anything new. So, one, I'm speaking from um, a lens of three things. First, a black woman a black woman in the corporate space. I worked in the accounting industry um, for five years, first as um, an an actual accountant, and then I moved into recruiting before I left corporate America and really jumped into full-time entrepreneurship. Uh, My time in corporate was so traumatic that it actually pushed me to leave uh, much, much, much sooner. Um, Corporate was pushing me to depression, into heavy anxiety, um, and I just had to get the hell out, and it got to a point where I said, you know what, it's just gonna, I'm just gonna have to, to do this thing, and if I fail, I'm just, I, I would rather bet on me, because corporate was, was stifling my growth, um, I wasn't feeling valued, I wasn't feeling respected, and I felt like they didn't really get to know me for who I was, like, for some reason, I picked up the angry black woman narrative, Um, But more to come on that second lens is as a recruiter. So um, I spent three years um, in recruiting in the accounting industry. um, And and I recruited for five offices two in Charlotte, New York, Jacksonville, Tampa, Florida, I was 25 years old, leading recruiting efforts (laughs) for an accounting firm. And I had direct access to the CEO. I had direct access to the chief people officer to the point where like, I could pull up in their office, no appointment, I can email them and know that I'm going to get a response. Like I had a really close proximity to leadership. Um, and I use that to my advantage. But I also was able to call out a lot of things that I witnessed, being someone that was on the recruiting and hiring side. And I'll speak to that. And then third um, lens that I'm speaking from is being a career coach. So I coach countless, uh, not only, you know, I'm not not even going to say that I only, only coach black people. Like I have white clients, I have Latin clients, I have black clients. Um, but my heart really goes out to the black women that I coach because Just about all of them have all shared some really traumatic experience with me to the point that they don't even know that they're dealing with trauma. They don't even know that they are dealing with racism every day. And they still show up to work and do the damn thing. I'm I'm tired. I'm angry of what we have to go through in the workplace. And I don't even want to talk about the workplace, but what we are dealing with um, in our communities, you know, what we're dealing with at home some of some of us might be taking care of sick family members or we're worried about our parents and grandparents or we are trying to take care of our kids um now dealing with not only this pandemic but uh, police brutality and the media and just all of that and still having to show up to work every single day it takes so much courage and bravery and i'm i just want to say like thank y'all thank y'all for still showing up and doing the work i know it's hard but I want you to know that you are valued. Um, I feel you, I see you, I hear you. You're not doing this in vain. You are extremely important at work. Everything that I do as a career coach is centered around career empowerment. If you follow me, you know that I'm very, very, very much so passionate about career empowerment. What I mean by that is you basically showing up to work knowing that you deserve to take up space and knowing that your voice should be heard. You shouldn't be begging for a promotion. When you know you can run laps around your boss and you've been doing his job and he can't do his job without you. Promote me and pay me. And y'all know how I feel about that. Um, Let's see. So um, what I might say tonight, it might hurt some feelings. It might piss somebody off. But like I said, I'm speaking from a place of wanting to provide truth. I'm wanting to know that, again, I have experienced that, um, what you all are going through. Um, I think words matter. I think language matters. And I think it's time for us to really start to hold companies accountable to um, valuing black people, not just throwing us up on um, the website, not just hosting events during Black History Month, not treating DNI as something that is extracurricular, but actually making sure that we are getting promoted, that we are being hired, That companies are actually taking their dollars and time and energy to recruit, hire, promote, and advance black people. There is no reason why black women are the largest group of, I think we're like the largest group in corporate America or in the workplace. I know we're like leading the efforts on graduating from college with degrees. So why when you look at the CEOs, why when you look at the C-suite, why when you look at leadership positions, are we not represented there? And companies will say, oh, we can't find diverse talent. Or they'll say, well, we have two people on our team and we're just so proud of our diversity. You know what? I, I don't know what to be more angry at. I don't know if I should be more upset at how companies are responding right now. When it's like we see you, companies are like, we stand in uh, solidarity with Black Lives Matter. Do Black Lives Matter to you and your organization? Or are you just putting this on social media because it's a cute post? Um, Companies should be putting in, and this is my opinion. um, These are my opinions of Letitia Bird and nobody else, no other companies. I really would like to see companies holding themselves more accountable to our advancement, whether that be metrics, whether that be recruiting at HBCUs just as much as we do PWIs and stop thinking that recruiting at an HBCU is charity work. Um, I want to see more metrics around not only the recruiting and the hiring, but what about the retention and what about the promotion? Why are black employees coming and going like it's a car wash? Like we had auto bill on a Sunday. Companies need to create a space for marginalized employees to perform well. Um, this is why I do this work. I, I just want to say that. So let's talk about uh, privilege. So privilege is choosing not to pay attention to a problem because it doesn't affect you. I don't want to give any company a gold sticker or a cookie for saying, I am an ally and I stand with you. What does that mean? (laughs) What is that, you stand with me? Do better, this is a problem because studies show in 2045, majority of the US will not be white. We are getting more and more and more diverse as a population. And if companies don't really start to change their practices, um, they're not going to be able to know how to communicate to their communities, to their customers, to their core audience. And I think that that is really actually starting to show its face um, right now in some of the tone deaf messages that we are seeing. You know, I don't have the answers, but I would like to see leaders actually advocating for for us um speaking up for us and advocating like for us to actually get promoted um we shouldn't be surprised when a black woman says i want to get promoted like they will legit look at you surprised when you say that you want a promotion like oh no you should just be happy to have this job like what are you, you asking for more oh uh-uh, we gave you this crown but you giving joe and billy and tom over here a whole meal and an appetizer and a dessert and you giving me a little crumb and you accept me to be happy with that? I can't even get a real drink. Y'all giving me a glass of water. Come on. If I can give any advice here, I would just say to hold your manager accountable if you can. You have to hold your manager accountable to your performance and share your goals. And don't be afraid to share your goals. Um, and continue to advocate for yourself even if no one else is advocating for you and find those allies, call people out on their privilege. Um, I have a couple of scenarios I want to talk about. Um, something that I tweeted earlier, I was just saying that as a recruiter, I saw a lot in terms of how companies just, I saw a lot of bias, even in our leadership. And there was one particular time where we were having um, a round table about intern performance. And there was one, um, we were talking about all the interns and there was one white intern we were talking about and he, he wasn't performing well, like he just wasn't doing a good job. And they said, well, he didn't get the right training. Like maybe he didn't get the right training. Oh no, I think we just need to give him some more training. And this was a white intern. And just a few seconds before that, every time they bring up a black intern, oh, such and such doesn't talk to us. You know, they're really quiet. They don't ask questions. (laughs) So when it got to us actually talking about this white intern, and they alluded to the fact that he didn't get the proper training my jaw literally dropped on the phone, like dead silence. That was a clear indication of an actual bias. Like we, companies really will make excuses um, for those. And luckily, because I was the one on the phone during these calls really advocating for my black interns, my black candidates, I would always put it back on them. Like when they would say, oh, well, isn't talking to us or, you know, all this bad feedback. My first question is, did you actually communicate this feedback to them? And it would be crickets. So why are you holding people accountable to something that you didn't even communicate was expected? It is your job as a leader to make sure they are getting the right support. If they're not talking, then talk to them it's really frustrating because it's like two Americas and it was so frustrating because y'all, I felt like it wasn't in that call. They would have just not extended a full-time offer to those interns because they, they, they were quiet. Um, I'll tell y'all another example. Uh, there was a new black hire in an office and I developed like a mentorship relationship with her. And so, um, she felt very uncomfortable in that office because she was the only black woman. And again, y'all, I'm 25 years old. I'm in a leadership role in recruiting and had close proximity to leadership. So the partner that managed that office where she worked actually gave me a call one day and said, I just don't know what to do. She's not really talking to us, you know, And then she was like, there was a fire drill, and everybody had to leave the office, and she had her, her headphones in. She didn't want to talk to us. And I was so confused. And so I basically said, okay, well, did you actually start a conversation with her? Oh, no. I mean, she just seemed like she didn't want to talk to us. They really make a lot of assumptions. You know, it's like we can't do anything right, to be honest with you. We're expected to smile and just, hey, how was your weekend? How was your day? Like, that's just not how we are as a people. And so I had a very frank conversation with her. And I said, maybe she doesn't feel comfortable speaking to you all. Maybe she doesn't feel comfortable talking to you. Have you ever thought that there's no one else here that looks like her? Like, is this really a safe space for her? Are you creating that safe space for her? You as a leader, you as a person that has influence here, it starts with you. And it has to go from the top down. I'm a huge advocate of that. And I guess the question is, like, who is holding leadership accountable here? Our white counterparts are expecting for us to educate them on how they should show up for us. But we've been doing this work for many years. Like, we're tired. We just want to be able to do our jobs and go home. Um, so that's that's very frustrating. And I think the other thing is that I don't think that we should be the ones responsible for their education. I don't. And if you aren't the type that is super bubbly, and we're not really bubbly people. Y'all see me right now? <laughs> this is how I am all the time. I'm not a bubbly person, unless I'm drunk or something. <laughs> um, you know, but we're typically very direct. I know I'm a very serious person, especially as it comes to the work. And so, what I and I'll talk about what I did. So, like, I knew that people were going to have assumptions or have these biases about me because I'm not going to walk around and smile at you and be like, "Hey, how's your day? How's your?" I don't care to be blunt. I don't care. So, um, what I did was I said, "Who are the key players? Who are the key stakeholders?" Who are the decision makers at my company that I need to really build relationships with? And when I say need to build relationships with, I mean, who are the ones that can actually make decisions on how I grow here? And those are the folks that I took the time to really um, know. And I set up recurring meetings with them. And maybe if you guys don't want to do something formal the way I did, you can make it a little bit informal. But you do have to get in front of the people that um, have the power to make, you know, you get promoted or raised, whatever it is that you want. You have to create visibility for yourself and you can't really depend on anybody else to give it to you. And think about this. And here's what I see with a lot of the black women that I coach. They're very, 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 very good at their jobs. Y'all know we can go in and run a company real quick. Come Get this together. You over here. Uh-huh. Sit right there. Send that email. Get the memo together. Like, we take command and we take charge, and we're very good at that. Okay? So what happens is so many black women get pigeonholed because they're too damn good at their job, and their boss doesn't want them to leave. Why would their boss want us to get promoted when we're already doing his job and we're making them look damn good? And so this is why you have to be strategic. So with that being said, you have to advocate for your goals and for your growth because leave it up to the person you report to. They might just want you to stay where you are because you're doing a really good job and you're making their job easier. Y'all have to remember that, y'all. Literally, that is what oppression looks like. (laughs) That is what oppression looks like. There is a Medium article from Office Pet to Office Threat. And that's exactly how it starts. You know, uh, black women are, are like the token. We love black girls. Like, we want to talk to you about your hair. We love your outfit. You're just so fly. And then when I'm real fly and these agendas and leading these meetings, now you're scared and intimidated. What happened to the energy that you had before when you really loved me? thought I was great. So this is why you do have to be strategic. If your boss is literally in your way of you getting promoted, you got to figure out an alternative. You have to go around. If you're talking to your boss and you're like, look, I'm ready to get promoted. And he's like, okay, just check back in five years. You got to go around him. You have to, you have to. And this is why you have to build um, relationships with other people, not just the person you report to. And it has to be people that is in leadership. Here's another um, strategy. This is why you have to be like really um, observant. And I think we are, as a people, we're typically very observant um, and a little bit cautious with who we deal with anyway. So like, you got to figure out the people that are in positions of power and like who's in close proximity to them. And you got to get close to them, too. Like, I don't care if he is on your team or not on your team. Like, figure out a way to finesse. That's all. And if you have to be willing to leave that company, leave. Please, leave your company if you have to. You do, you do not have to stay there. And I think that's the other thing that we forget sometimes is that we have a lot more power than we give ourselves permission to to really recognize and acknowledge always keep your resume updated. And um, I have plenty of podcasts that I've done that I can share on um, how to make sure you're ready at, at all times. So could, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And the other thing is that some some of the best jobs come like when you're not even looking. You do have to be ready for that um as well. So keeping your resume updated, always networking. And you have to have relationships with, I think, other people that look like us at other companies to just ask them, like, is this your experience, too? Are you dealing with this as well? A lot of people have asked me about interviews. Is it okay if I ask the company about, you know, their DNI initiatives and how they're combating racism in the interview? You can ask them all day, but you know what they're going to say? Oh, yeah. We celebrate diversity and we are inclusive. We just had a black history program and it was great. You can see our website. We just volunteered and gave back to the black homeless kids. Come on, y'all. Do y'all think they're going to tell you like everything that you need to know? In the interview, no. This is why you have to talk to other people you gotta know people at other organizations. You have to know black people at other organizations that will really tell you the real deal. Companies will say, Oh, we got a black person interviewing here. Okay, let me go get our only black employee to be in this interview with you. <laughs> y'all know the games, y'all know the vibes. So be willing to leave if you must. You know, you are never stuck. Don't be afraid to advocate for your or speak up for your goals. Be strategic in your networking. But at the end of the day, I'm really on some, like, companies need to do better and, and, and we need to, uh, you know, start calling them out. I think that we know that we're on to them. Like, everyone is being held accountable. Everyone is being held accountable right now. And I want to continue to see that. Not only do I want companies to post, you know that black lives matter and that's great but like if black lives matter then black lives should matter in your boardroom you know black lives should matter even outside of diversity and inclusion black lives should really matter a lot more than a freaking instagram post and a caption so i really want them to be about that life and um if you can if you are in a position of leadership If you're able to advocate for another black employee at work when they don't feel seen or when no one's speaking up for them, like, please do that. Please do that. And you might make other people uncomfortable too. Black Lives Matter 365 days of the year, not just like the 28 days in February. You have to um, be okay with making other people uncomfortable as well. I think that if you are up for it, You know, as a black employee, this is a good time to um, be transparent with your leadership. If you don't feel well, if you're not emotionally well right now, it's okay to say like, look, you know, Karen, I'm not I'm not I'm not doing too hot right now. I think that we should be able to say like what I'm dealing with right now is black trauma. I am traumatized by what's going on in my community. I'm traumatized by what I'm seeing in the media and, um, I also, um, don't feel comfortable, you know, being the only black person in this space. I don't feel seen. I uh, was having a conversation with the career chasers community earlier and during their team call when they, when it came to everyone talking about their weekends, they were talking about how they had a great weekend and spending time with the family and they were able to get out and enjoy the weather. And it's really like we live in two worlds. So if you're not good at work, don't say that you're good. You know, we are uncomfortable pretty much all of our time in corporate. We are always uncomfortable. So you trying to, you know, ensure that your co-worker isn't um, uncomfortable, why? You know why? This is a great time and a chance for you to really talk about how you feel. But it is not your job to educate. It's also not your job to lead this effort of change in your organization, unless you're really up for it. I'm never going to say don't do it, but you don't have to. And it should not be all on you. This is where even those individuals that lead the black resource groups or the black employee groups, at, you know, at their job. We all know that leadership has to support it. And like we need white leadership to be involved. It can't just be a black thing. That's not the soul point (laughs) so speak up for yourself let them know how you truly feel if someone is on some bs and they're saying all lives matter at work right now like that is an issue i think we have very strong intuition too so like you know what is the right thing to do um listen to your spirit and, and let that guide you but if someone is really on some racist bs i think that that is intolerable and, you know, I would let your whoever, the powers that be, let them know that you don't feel comfortable. It's not okay for anyone at work to be screaming all lives matter right now. When, you know, we are brutalized for the world to see. And not even the U.S. Like there are so many countries now that are even protesting against um, police brutality. But you're still screaming all lives matter. Get out of here. So if you are experiencing that, figure out who you can speak with. Maybe it has to be anonymous. You know, I don't know. But I think we're like past that. You know, we're past it at this point. Uh, we are adults. This is my second grade where, ooh, I don't want to be a tattletale And um, I've had this conversation with a lot of my coaching clients. If you are being discriminated against, if you are being dealt with racism um, like black, blatant, flat out, direct to you racism. Um, you got to figure out a way to help, like call people out and and hold them accountable. It's not okay. And don't be worried about telling on folks. Like we're grown as hell. And if this person is in the way of you doing your job, like you got to speak up because that's only going to um, hurt you in the long run. So thank y'all for listening to my rant. <laughs> like I said, I I don't, I don't have the answers. Um, you know, I think that I just want to see so much more for us and how we're treated in the workplace. Um, because you know, our companies, your company it needs you even more than you need them. So for those of you that might be feeling discouraged, you know, or feeling unseen, are feeling unheard right now at work just know that we see you like we see you and if you ever feel discouraged if you feel like you just can't go on like tweet me hit me up um i don't know how i can fully support but i am um, i'm in your corner and know that there are a lot of other folks that feel the same exact way that you do um I wrote an article on medium and the article was about kind of what we're talking about right now. Um, But the article just state to give yourself some grace right now. Like you are doing the best that you can. And if you need to reschedule meetings, do it. If you need to push back a deadline, do it. And I tell people all the time, like we're not saving lives unless you are like (laughs) a legit doctor, you know, Um, you got to take care of you first. So um, I love you guys, and thank you for listening. Have a good night. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion?